for me, I live very much in the now, always have, you know, I reflect on the past and I know there's a future, but everything is just about what's happening right now. That's Nikki Forster. And our biggest takeaway is all about being happy right now and not worrying about the past or the future. It was fascinating chatting to Nikki as she talked about this whole happiness adventure and journey. And she really does break it down what it means to her. Please, as always, do subscribe to our channel, the podcast. Let us know. Give us a review, feedback, get involved in the comments, all those other fantastic things. Sit down, sit down even. Get sit tight and let's go. Right, Nikki, welcome along to the number one podcast called The Digital Circus Life, the small business podcast. Um, thank you so much for joining us. And we have to start at the beginning. And the beginning is, what are you trying to achieve right now in, you, in your life, business, wherever? What are you trying to achieve? Oh, good question. Well, first of all, thanks for having me along. Uh, it's lovely to chat to you both. Um, so what am I trying to achieve? Well, I'm going to give you the same answer that I gave my sister when I was a teenager and she told me it was a ridiculous answer, but I still stand by it even now all these years later. Um, what am I trying to achieve is happiness. Um, and that changes. It, it changes depending on what's going on, what I'm doing, um, yeah, other things around me. So I, I think that that's always kind of the, the end goal because then that gives you something different to work towards. And I, and I like different things. I, like, I love variety and changing stuff about. So yeah, it sounds like a bit of a, a strange answer, but I still stand by it. It's happiness. I, I don't think it's strange at all. I'm like, I mean, we're on board with everything, whether they're saying global domination, <laughs> happiness. We're like, I mean, and I think that's the point for us. It has to be, you know, life and business on your terms where possible. And and I think, I think the key bit you were saying then though, with the happiness is, it does change, yeah. it, you know, it does evolve, it does change. You might want something slightly different now to when you were young with your, your sister, but fundamentally the principle is still the same, isn't it? To wake up yeah. to be happy. Indeed. And would you say you're achieving that goal right now? Oh, good one. I didn't even think about that. That's a great question. <laughs> um, yes, yes. I would say right now that is that is definitely something that I'm achieving. Um, yeah, and, and long may it do so. Good. Right. So you are crazily smiley and happy and jovial today, which is fantastic because it makes our lives a lot easier. And and I think it's great that you're achieving it. That sounds really, I'm teeing this up for some badness. I'm not, but, <laughs> but. But, but have you always been it? You know, has there, has there, when you were saying it with your sister back then, yeah. did you see it as a destination or were you seeing it as a journey? It, it's always a journey. It's always a journey because once you finish a destination, where else do you go? Mm. So I think there's everything always leads to something else. Um, I think that for me, and I say it's always a journey. I, I, again, I'm going to come back to my sister. Bless her, I'm going to have to play this to her. She's <laughs> <laughs> getting lots of mentions in it. But we're quite opposite, or certainly were when we were younger, in as much as she always, always knew what she wanted to do. And mm. so her hers was always a destination she wanted to be a dance teacher and she now um runs and owns a successful dance company over in Canada for me it was always I don't know what I want to do I just want to be happy so every job that I've had has always just had that underlying element to it does this make me happy okay I'll do something similar to it Let, let's you know carry on and carry on um so have I ever not been happy well, I, I think the points where you become unhappy is when you change stuff yeah. I get 
I get, do I get frustrated? I don't know. I get, yeah, no, I probably do. I get frustrated <laughs> with people who say that they're not happy and then, you know, say, so, well, what can you change about that? And then they don't do anything about it and they, they don't change. And um, I think, well, why wouldn't you? Why would you not want to be happy? Mm. That's, that's so true and it's one of those those lessons that people don't always understand it's it's your own destiny destiny um and you are the the master of that so if you're not willing to take those changes then you're going to sit, sit and be miserable no one can change that for you you have to be the one to do it i i, yeah. I feel i feel i need to slide a slight caveat in before my next statement but there may be some people who may find the uh they may find making that change a bit more difficult than mm. others for yes. situations and circumstance but I'm with you. Like Emily and I, we're, we're big on, we talk about this all the time. You know, we want to we work with others to help them achieve what they're trying to achieve and whatever else. Blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah. But they've got to want it. They've got to have started it themselves, you yeah. know, and they've got to have beat, they've got to be on that process because, you know, that, that uh, like you, if they're, if they're moaning and not willing to make the difference or make a change, make a change. You're going to see Michael Jackson, make, aren't you? I'm talking about the man in, will we get a copyright strike for that? Um, <laughs> Sorry, Mr. YouTube. But yeah, you know, you've, you've got to make that change. You know, MJ, perhaps MJ knew what he was talking about. Mm, MJ. That's a whole different conversation for a different episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so, Nikki, what, what you do in your business now, and I think you, you've already said it in fact that you've, it doesn't really matter what you've done in the past. How, that, that element of what you do in your business and helping other people, where, where has that come from in terms of filling your cup and making you happy, but obviously the, the people you're impacting to, what has got you to, to what you're doing right this second? So I think that when we talked about that journey and destination, that that's, that's part of what helps me do what I do now. Yeah. So my my journey, when you look at it on paper, you know, if I, if I put everything down on my CV that I've I've done since I was a teenager, you think, well, where's the correlation between all of this stuff? So I know Alan and I have, you know, got a a, a little. Um... <laughs> I love that. I love this so much. I've been sat here trying to work out how to get this into the chat. I oh, absolutely love what you're about to say. <laughs> yeah. So when I was. Um, when I was a lot younger, I wanted to be a Radio 1 DJ, specifically a Radio 1 DJ. Yeah. Um, and it was just, I, I just loved the idea of being able to do that, to be able to talk and um, interact with people and just play music because I love music. Um, and, and I did do radio for a while on a voluntary basis. I did hospital radio, then I did local radio. But I actually soon realised that radio isn't quite as free as I would like it to be, you know, if, if you if you're not on Radio One, then it's not. At least if you're on commercial radio, you have to play things at a certain time. You can't say certain things, and you have to promote certain things. And I don't do well with rules, so <laughs> I um I, I kind of realised that maybe that wasn't for me because you know you, you don't go in straight into Radio One <laughs> and and do things the way you want to. You have to get to it. Um, but I realised that from doing that, what I really enjoyed was interviewing people and talking and working out the right questions to ask in order to engage with them and then that kind of helped me with some of the other job roles that I had so again no link between that and some of the other ones which were I was an interior designer for a while 
But and again, you think, well, how does that link? But again, it's talking to people and finding out yeah. about them and what works for them and how can I help them. And then I um, I worked for B and Q for quite a long time actually. But while I was on the everyone floor, works for B and Q. Definitely retail, that's for certain. Everyone has a bit of retail <laughs> in their back catalogue. Yeah, um, but in in the in the nineties, there was a, a big craze to do with uh, painting your walls in weird and wonderful colours and lots of paint effects and crackle glazing anything made out of wood. And we had all these products <laughs> come in. And my manager at the time actually said, Nick, you can talk. Why don't you go and demonstrate this stuff? Because nobody knew how to use it. Um, it was all on, what was that TV programme called? Changing Rooms or Changing whatever. Rooms. Changing Rooms. Yeah. So well in Bowen. Indeed, indeed. So I, I got sent off to the corners to test all this stuff out. And I started to do the demonstrations because, again, talking to people, helping them out, showing how to do. So you can see the link through all of this. Yeah. And out of that, I, deci- I decided, again, don't do well with rules, I decided that maybe we should set up um, customer workshops. So we had a cafe that closed at six. So I said, let me have it between six and eight when we, we actually close. And I'll, I'll get customers to come along. And we did 10-week workshops on interior design and how to mm. paint events. And, and I didn't know I was training. That wasn't even mm. in my world of, you know, knowing that was a job you could do. It was just something I enjoyed, but it was through that I got properly involved in training and training is all about talking to people, finding out what they need, you know, making sure that they've got it and making them you know, the best that they can be. So it, it all has a link. It just doesn't sound like it does with the job titles. No, I think it does. And we, we see this as we chat to people and we're delving into, you know, the bits we've got them where. We there love is, a bit of a portfolio career. We, we do love a portfolio, <laughs> a portfolio. I see. I don't think I have one, but really I did. But the bit the bit that I always find interesting is, is the bit that links all of those jobs together and where it came from. So, you know, were you just like that? Did something happen? You know, you were you just this slightly more gregarious, chatty, fun character? And that's where the Radio 1 came from, you think? And, and a bit like me, sometimes I go, you know, if I can talk for a living, that's not really working, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you're nodding I, away. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. No, yeah, no, I, I think yeah, p- part of it is just personality. I mean... M- my 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 mum. Sorry, I'm hesitating because my family seems to be getting lots of drop into them. <laughs> my um my mum always used to say, um, I was never backwards at coming forwards. That's a skill. And yeah, yeah, yeah well, it's just you know I, I think I'm 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 an extroverted thinker, and I think that when that's part of your personality, you do just talk more. You yeah. because you're processing externally, and therefore you're perceived certainly as being kind of more confident or more outgoing or whatever it is not necessarily so but the, that's the perception because you're you know it's everything that's in here is is out here out. yeah so um so yes I can't remember what your question was Alan but well yeah. <laughs> has it always been there was it a decision was it a conscious choice and everything no. else yeah no it's, it's always just been there. I think what I have done is I've been able to just take whatever I'm doing at that point and go, how can I make this work for me? Mm. And mm. if it doesn't quite work, then change it. And I, I, that's, a, that's another thing that I've particularly learned. Like I said, you know, when, when I was at B&Q and I just decided that we would have these customer workshops, that, that's something that 
I think I've always just done naturally is if it doesn't exist, it doesn't mean to say it doesn't have to. You can make yeah. it. You can make it what you want it to be. Um, people can be quite afraid to challenge yeah. when something's just, you know, and I find that with the managers that I work with particularly is like, well, why don't you ask? And why don't you, you know, just explain that you could do it in a certain Well, we don't do it that way. Yeah, we have done that way in the past, but it could be done in the future. Yeah. Well, pipe down. What you're suggesting we do something differently <laughs> to get out of it? We didn't employ you to train us to suggest we do something differently. You know. so, so tell us how. What was the transition to Curious Lighthouse? How did you get to that point there? What, what was the job before that? Was it B and Q or was there anything in between? Oh yeah, no, I've I've done so. Binky was quite a long job, but a lot of that was in a training role, um, and got made redundant from that when they decided to merge HR with L and D. Never works, um, <laughs> and I'm not HR. So that's not my field of expertise at all. So I was fine to step away from that. Although I did actually love working there at that particular point in time. Um, and I had several jobs um, following on from there as learning development manager and um, working with people, particularly around uh, management development um, was, was probably the main thing, but team development and, uh, and train the trainer, that kind of thing. And when my son was about three or four, I got made redundant again. Oh, fun times. Yeah, yeah. L&D is always the first to go, particularly if you're the only person in the company doing it. It's like, oh, we can just stick it online. Um, and so when I got made redundant, this was eight years ago now, I said to my husband at the time, I said, I'd really quite like just to try doing it on my own. Because that, again, coming back to this happiness thing, my son's about to start infant school and I'd really like to be there you know, yeah. to do some of the drop-offs and the pickups and the go to the parents' evenings. And I can't do that for my corporate world. And now I've got an opportunity perhaps to try and see if I can make it work on my terms. And um, so, yeah, so I, I left there and, and set up Curious Lighthouse. And uh, it was very interesting the first year. It wasn't what I expected it to be at all. Um, but now, now it's in a place where I'm going, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with, with where it's at. I'm curious. That, no, so, yeah, I'm, oh, I've got loads of questions. Go mine's on, a, what, <laughs> yeah, go on. What's behind the name? How, how did you choose the name? So, um, it wasn't going to be Curious Lighthouse originally. It was going to be Blue Windmill. Ooh. <laughs> um, cause I like blue and I like windmills. Um, and then I kind of thought about it a bit more and I do actually like lighthouses and I think I, that's kind of like a subliminal message because I realised afterwards how many lighthouse things I have around the house. But when when I think about it, so the way that I always describe it is when you think of what a lighthouse does, so it tends to sit in, in a position where it can shine a light out into the ocean and if there are vessels out there and there, there are challenges, you know, rocks and things like that. The lighthouse is a safe haven. It can show you right. where those challenges are. Um, but also, you know, it, it does go 360. So it goes inland yeah. as well. And I think that the, the curious part is that I think that's ultimately what we need to be in order to, to survive and, and to strive. And if you take a lighthouse and you put it anywhere, not on just a coastline, but you, you think about that 360 and you think about shining the light on it. That's what I think I do with people. Sometimes it's already there. 
sometimes they don't know what they don't know. They don't know those rocks yeah. are over in the corner that they need to steer around. So yeah, my, my skills are just helping them understand that and helping a way to, to navigate safely. Oh, I love it. That's so it. much better than it. yellow tuxedo where I just like the colour yellow and I wore a yellow suit to my wedding. <laughs> yeah, but I've got a long story to back it up. <laughs> yeah. You know what they say, if you can deliver it with confidence, it doesn't really matter. So uh, <laughs> oh, um, I I, I'm sitting here thinking Curious Lighthouse is just a beacon of fabulousness. Wow, you know? Oh, I like really that. Is. I might have to use that as a strap line. Oh, you can have that. You can <laughs> have that. Um, so I got a question. You were talking about your first year in business and it wasn't mm. quite what you thought. So, and I wonder for people who may, may listen to this, who's not in business and thinking about it, your first paid thing, right? So you started a business, if you can remember, or some, or a memorable one. And you're like, um, you're like, great, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do freelance L&D, whatever it, you know, you, you actual choosing to do. Um, But then something happens and someone goes, well, I'm going to give you some money to do this. And you're like, yeah, okay. Yes, please. Yes, I can do that. My business can support your need. You know, can you remember something from the, or was it exactly what you wanted it to be? And, um, I, I would say for the first three or four years, my work predominantly came from people who I already knew, who mm-hmm. I'd worked with previously, who know my training style and knew my ability. And they'd moved on from the businesses where we worked together so they were now in an environment and they would go, right, I need some training. I need to do this, that and the other. Oh, I know Nikki. I know she's good at what she does. I know her style would fit. Let's get in contact with her. Um, and so in terms of was it what I expected? Yes, because they knew that about me already. The, they knew that management development in particular was the the thing that they knew me for. So I would say mostly that's where it came from. And I was doing stuff that I was already confident in in doing, um, but I yeah that that like I said that that first year it took a while to to actually get that paid work coming in. I didn't yeah. have any for at least the first six months, yeah. uh, and and that was I was <laughs> I remember thinking I got to generate some money here and coming up with all these different concepts and ideas without really thinking it through. It was just kind of like a scattergun approach. Um, I also remember thinking how important my website was going to be. And as soon as I hit publish, I was, I was fully expecting my phone to ring within a week. <laughs> as we well, all do, right? Well, hold on. The, the, the only problem is we do have a story, right? So in our previous business, now yeah. this is not the usual, right? In our previous business, we launched a new website and we pressed go and we oh, went, this, yeah. yeah, what's going you know, is it what's going to happen now? We got a new website. Oh, it must be better on Google, et cetera, et cetera. And our first inquiry, this is true, was yeah. Mark Owen from Take That. <laughs> so we, lo- we launched the website on a Sunday Made morning. It, love. We're Made driving it. around with the kids on Sunday morning and 10 a.m., something like that. An inquiry came via the website and it said Mark, right? Turned yeah. out genuinely to be Mark Owen from Take That. I mean, we, we had no business after that for six months. Oh, but yeah. We, <laughs> we, we were like, what? The website's that good? It's only bringing in celebs now, you know? But um, yeah. yeah, no. But I think that is a real learning though and actually you getting a paid gig within six months of starting is actually quite quick for 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 your particular industry as well and there's that block for so many people who expect that overnight success and we've had this theme around a few of these episodes now of Joe Wicks 
Well, you, you, and I, I was laughing. I was talking to my friend Chris last night about the podcast. He's like, I've listened to everyone and I know the Joe Wick story and I'm going to say it again. Uh, it's the it's that his overnight success does not take into consideration the 10 years he spent outside gyms with a sandwich board doing that and, and really grafting to get to that success point. And yeah. it's the it's that gregariousness. It's that that passion that in your fire in your belly to go, I'm going to keep going, even though it's not quite right now. And I will try a, a plethora of things right now to see what's going to stick and something will. Now, the thing that I'm fascinated with your business the most and we haven't talked about it yet is but how... Hold on. Can I just say something about that first six months thing very go, quickly? Go before I get on my um, trailer thread. Right. So really quickly, we, 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 Emily and I talk about a couple of things. One, if you can run a business, you, you can, can run, run an, an ultra marathon. And that's basically because <laughs> of that six months of effort of getting up, up every morning, who someone else we always talk about is a lady called Felicity Aston who went to the South Pole by herself and her book was basically about as long as I can get out of the tent I will get there and I think that first six months is as long as I get up and I do one thing keep moving we do it sorry Emily go no I want to know and I could probably see why you you started it but and going back to your happiest what makes you smile how the business evolved into Lego play Oh yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Because yeah. surely that is like the best job known to man. You're just get you're paying yourself to to talking pl- and playing to talk, now to, to, to talk to people because you're fascinated by people and to play with Lego. I mean, that's the best job ever, right? <laughs> it, it is. It is. You're absolutely right. Um, so the the Lego side of things comes about because I, as I've mentioned before, I like variety. I like trying out new things mm. and. When I was in corporate world doing training, I was known even then for doing things slightly differently. So it yeah. was never just, you know, PowerPoints and post-it notes. Um, I like to have props and things like that. And and I, I've got lots of Lego in our house. It's all over the place. Um, and I thought, oh, wouldn't it be fun as an introductory exercise to get people to build their own minifigure? They could choose the legs and the arms and, you know, and the, all the accessories and things. And then they could introduce themselves. And it worked so well as an introductory exercise. I, w- I was buzzing about this. And I thought I'd invented this <laughs> using Lego in learning. Um, I was all over LinkedIn with it, you know, talking about it. And, oh, yeah, no, that sounds like Lego serious play. And I was like, what, what's Lego serious play? So I went and realized that, yeah, no, that, that's been done quite a lot already. Um, <laughs> and then there's, a, there's a whole host of people out there. But um, so I, I think that there's, there's kind of two sides. I don't want to get too geeky about uh, the, the differences between them. But Lego serious play is a whole methodology on its own that has a very set way of doing things. And you, you host a whole event and you can drill down quite a lot into well what's going on here and how would that work and what are the connections and it all just uses lego so that that's one way of using it the other way of using it which is probably the way that i use it more frequently is as discussion starters so i I have another little activity where i give people the same six bricks and ask them to um, build a duck and of course they they all build random ducks and then you know you pose the question well how do you know it's the right duck and some of those, it's fascinating. It's all just psychology and, and people. And then some of them have a look at other people's and they decide that, well, that one must be the right duck, so we'll make that. Or that's the one that's printed in your workbook, so we'll make that. Um, until you get to the point and you just keep repeating that. Well, how do you know it's the right duck? How? And the whole point is the person who's asked you to build the duck knows if it's the right duck, but maybe they weren't clear enough. So what's the criteria mm. for the mm. duck? 
and is the criteria still okay if everything is still slightly different or does it have to be specific so i use it in that way to start a discussion uh, that one links into setting expectations and clarity and communication and, and things mm. like that but the fact that you're using your hands with your brain makes it different to you know just like i said seeing something on a powerpoint or turn to your partner and discuss this type mm. of thing it, it just and it makes it stick better it does. And you know what? Because I'm, I'm for that. OK, for anyone who's listening who doesn't realize this, there is an entire world based around using Lego for training people. Right. And it, and it, and it's fascinating because we know a few of you on LinkedIn who do it and kind of talk about it a lot. But um, I, I think it's I think that it's really quite cool. Once again, I can never think of the right word. Um, but that play side can still come in. That fun element can come in to what is perceived as serious and professional, you know. And, and it's really important to understand that it can be fun still. You know, it's okay and tactile and engaging and all these other things. And, and it should be. Training shouldn't. Yeah. It shouldn't be serious. There is research. Oh, I can feel myself getting louder and more kind of ranty. So I might need to hold myself back. Do it. Back get here. around. <laughs> there is there is proper research, scientific research, that shows that when the brain is connecting with something that's different, that's fun, um, that's engaging, it retains information at that point much better. It gives you the dopamine hit, which we're getting technical here. The, the the dopamine releases at the point that the hippocampus is actually learning something, and it and it all gels together. So you know, me saying you know, build a duck, you know, how do you know it's the right duck? It's got nothing to do with the Lego as such, but it's the fact that well, I'm a building a duck. Oh yeah, I'm a senior manager, and I'm building Lego into a duck. What's all this about? Uh, and no, that duck represents how clear you are when you're asking people to do things. And so it's it makes that link. And I suppose on a selfish point for you as well, that that's what keeps it fresh and new for you for every second. You can do training till the cows come home, right? And do the same training course week in, week out. with, And that can become quite repetitive. But actually what you're doing there by introducing that Lego play into that is that you're you're encouraging the conversation. And each of those conversations will always be different. And surely that's got to be a, a, a tick for you on that as well. Do, do you ever yeah. have to persuade delegates on your kind of sessions that this is this is the right thing to do i don't know what you know is it does anyone go oh no this is beneath me or words to that effect generally speaking no it depends what kind of session you're doing so in terms of using it as a discussion starter and it's a small part of the the session i have never had anybody turn around and say this is a load of rhubarb you know why are we doing this um, and I actually think even if they did say that, it would still tell me enough about that person to yeah. help me to train them. Um, I did have an incident, I'm going slightly off tangent, but it, it does relate to what we're talking about. I had an incident once where I was training a team of military personnel. They were actually doing a HR qualification and I came in to do the L&D part as a, the, the last week. And I did my Construct Yourself a minifigure um and because i wanted to find out you know more about them and uh, one guy had boxing gloves as the accessory and he's like i don't hold any punches you know so that's me thinking right okay he's going to be direct straightforward i know how to to deal with that you know somebody else had cats and you know 
pink uh, witch's hats and things like that. And she, she you know, she was like, I, I just like lots of different things. So, so again, I understand now that she's probably going to want variety and she, I might have to bring her back in for the conversation. But there was one guy who literally got a very plain pair of legs, a torso and a head that was, you know, not like one of the big smiley Lego heads. It was just a, quite a deadpan. In it. And when it came to talking about, you know, the Lego figure and what it represents, he just held it up and goes, that's me. Oh, and that was it. And I thought that's really interesting because he doesn't want to give me anything here. So at the first break, I went over and had a chat with him, and uh, and I was saying, you know, I, I just want to touch base. I probably didn't use that You're word. So You're such a corporate, so corporate Nikki. Nikki. <laughs> Nikki. Honestly, I probably oh. just said, yeah. Why don't you I, ping I, me an email as well? You know? <laughs> Only if it's blue sky thinking, Alan. Yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> I, I I had a chat with him and I said, look, I just want to just to, to make sure that everything's okay. I, I appreciate that when we did this, um, it may not have been what you were expecting because I did think at that point, well, maybe it's about the fact we're playing with Lego here that isn't the right thing. But actually, he'd been quiet from that point up until the the, the break. And he said the first three weeks of the course, the HR stuff, it's all been very top-heavy all PowerPoints, all workbooks. And I've just been able to sit in the corner and not interact and said, and I've been really fine with that. And now you're asking me to, you know, kind of stand up and, and do this and play with Lego and be interactive. And I said, and I'm really struggling. And I was like, oh, okay. And I said, well, you know, you don't have to do any of this stuff. It's, it's all okay. And, and later up, he opened up that he had PTSD. Okay. And that was a whole reason he was coming out of the army. But just that one exercise at the beginning where he didn't say anything allowed me to have that conversation in the break that then gave, I didn't need to give him permission not to join in with stuff, but it allowed no, him to hear that, yeah. you know, I'm going to be asking people to do this stuff, but it's it's all voluntary but, and yeah. what you need from me, just let me know and, and we'll deal with it. That's yeah. real testament to you though, Nikki. And what I would see there as your super skill there is that you're really able to read people and whether you're seeing that just for face value or you're actually using the tools that you have in your business there to be able to, to get into the, that, that past that first layer, that, that's a, not everyone has that. And that's something that I would love to know more and be able to understand what's behind the eyes of that person. And sometimes in group situations, that is so hard because you are dealing with not just one person, you're dealing with 10, 20, 30 people in a room yeah. and to try and get that balance right. So, oh, well done. Yeah, well, <laughs> thank you very much. No, I think it's interesting. And I think that that also testament to that style of learning. Because if you had gone down the more traditional PowerPoint route when you went, now stand up and introduce yourself in three words or whatever, you might not have got anything. You might have just gone, oh, he seems a bit more subdued and carried on. But yeah. but actually, there was there was an opportunity to kind of, you know, I don't know, whatever, opportunity to, to take it in a different direction, which is always good, isn't it? Mm. Do, you yeah. think this, do you think this will be your last career? Well, it's not a career, it's a vocation. Yeah. So therefore, yes, it's what I've done since, well, without knowing it, since I was a teenager, um, mm -hmm. because of that, you know, loose thread between all of them, it will change as, as I go throughout. So it may change from being stand up to delivery to being something else. I mean, I've done a lot of online courses over the last few years as well. So it will always be something that links me to talking to people, helping them understand themselves better. Um, go on, Alan. 
No, so I got a question because we know you do the online stuff as well. So let's yeah. say, because you clearly feed off the people and the talking element. So let's say the online part grows large enough to be a nice semi-passive income, you know. Well, oh, you said passive income. Well, uh, you know, I like to use the odd businessy buzzword in amongst what. <laughs> I don't think there is another way of saying semi-passive though, is there? Residual? Is that anyway, whatever. Gets the point. What do you then do day to day? Do you then go back to radio? Do you carry on with the in-person stuff but have less pressure on yourself? How do, how do you fill your happiness people cup if you'd got to a fantastic place of, you know, generating that income from the online world? You may already do, by the way. So I think I'm in a very lucky position that my business isn't solely driven by money. So... Um, if the online stuff is doing well, which it is at the moment, mm. and I don't have to do much with it, to be honest. Oh, thank you very much. Um, it just kind of does its thing, and that's really nice. But there, there is some interaction there. But I think there will always be other things that I'll, I'll, I'll be looking at. So I'm actually just in the process of so somebody approached me from the from the US who deals in training resources, and they'd seen my stuff about Lego and they quite like to collaborate and maybe come up with something that we could sell over here. So that, that's really interesting. You know, I'm, I'm up for that because, again, it's not necessarily talking, but again, it's sharing. It's sharing. This yeah. could be useful to other trainers and let, let's have a think about how we can do it. And um, using different software, I, I, I do just love learning myself yeah so it's, it's always if something crops up where i can learn something then i'm up for it Amazing. i love it i love it shall we yeah right in that case nikki thank you so much we're going to finish with the last question and the last Ooh. question always is and if you could go back to your younger self and, you know, put an arm around them, have a little chat whisper a few words of wisdom in their ears or your ears what would you say or do Sorry, for the podcast, me thinking quietly is not going to work. But... <laughs> um... I, I, funny enough, in that nanosecond, I was like, do I edit this silence out no, or no. leave it in? Yeah. Pensive, pensive. pensive yeah. yeah, it's it's not often that, that I uh, get stumped forward. Because like I said, if, if it's in my head, it's out of my mouth. And there's nothing in my yeah. head. Because I think for me, I live very much in the now. Always have... Um, you know, I reflect on the past and I know there's a future, but everything is just about what's happening right now. So I think if that answer. was to, to be the case for me, it would be is just just go with the flow. Um, you know, Which I think you've done. Yeah. yeah. With, so, with, with yeah, like bells and whistles. And... It, do you know what though? I know it, I think it, it's fantastic. It's a real, it's a learning for so many of us listening right now. And so we, we get so caught up in the, the minutiae of it all. And actually is to, just to feel what it feels right for you and to not, not 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 care you, you do care but not worry about how it fits and what what that should look like in in black and white and actually that whole we were saying embrace the gray which you've done so so well because it's filling that achievement thing of 
is it making me happy yet or not? And if you can live by that, then mm. actually it's, that's one very happy lifestyle to be leaving, isn't I, it? I, I feel as we dropped uh, Man in the Mirror by MJ, I feel <laughs> now's the time for, you can go your own way. Oh, it's don't like, do it's Fleetwood like, Mac. Absolutely. It's like, right, on that bombshell, shall we? Let's finish. Nikki, Nikki. thank you so very much for giving us your time You're today. To everyone welcome. listening on the podcast, we will see you next time on the Digital Circus Thanks, Live. Thanks, Nikki. Bye. 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 Bye.